Welcome to the FHE Podcast, hosted by Amy and Maddie. We are the Fruity Horny Exmos. Welcome back to the FHE Podcast, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello. We're so happy you're here and so excited to be here, be queer, and do another podcast (laughs) episode for you. Uh, Speaking of being queer, we are finally getting back to (laughs) our basically everything the LDS Church has ever said about gay people series that we started in episode three. Um, you know, almost 20 episodes late, <laughs> but, okay. but we're back. We just had too many things we wanted to do. So, um, again, this is thankfully compiled for us. Latter gay stories. They have their own podcast and social media. So make sure to follow them on there. Um, and I'll link them in the description as well. Shout out to Kyle because he compiled all this information mm-hmm. and actually just came out with more information on it right yeah yeah they just updated um the document which they haven't done in a a little bit so that's why we were like oh yeah we should we should go back and do a second part of that we won't get to the updates today because there is a lot sure to unpack but (laughs) we'll at least get the ball rolling again with this topic so maddie's going to be leading our discussion today (laughs) i can't wait this is everything the lds church has ever said about gay people part two part two let's go let go (laughs) so when we last did this we only got to the 50s uh (laughs) i mean that's where it really starts to pop off after that it does yeah and the last one we talked about was from bruce r mcconkie about how um parents should want their child dead rather than unchaste so trigger warning for homophobia transphobia always of course etc yeah this can be like kind of heavy just so you know you know so that's where we stopped if it hits too close to home then feel free to skip it yeah but the next one also comes from bruce r mcconkie from the same Mormon doctrine, 1958 edition. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Speaking of the Mormon doctrine, there's two editions to that book. The very first one was published in 1958. Okay. The second one was published in the 70s. So that's when they took out all of the racist shit. In the 70s. In the 70s because huh. of the priesthood ban being lifted. Yeah. I have a PDF of... Of Mormon Doctrine. The of Mormon, first edition. Of the right? first edition of Mormon Doctrine, but not in print, which is always better. But It's something, though. It is something. Yeah, so, so we'll do a future episode with that. Yeah. And right. I, I was just saying, I'm not surprised yep. that we're referencing this specific edition. <laughs> Bruce R. McConkie says... <laughs> Every degree and type of lewdness, lasciviousness, and licentiousness of concupiscence. Oh, my God. I know. Relax. We get it. Basically, (laughs) which is all saying essentially the same thing. He's Yeah, these are all just... It's all like people, you know, lewdness is essentially what all of that nonsense meant. Yeah, well, we're not even halfway done, so... Of course. Prostitution and whoredoms of sodomy, onanism, and homosexuality of masturbation, incontinence, and perversion, of rape, seduction, and infidelity, of adultery, fornication, and uncleanness. All these things as well as many other are among Lucifer's cheap means to leading souls to hell. 
We hold that sexual sin is second only to the shedding of innocent blood in the category of personal crimes, and that the adulterer shall have no part in the exaltation of the blessed. Th- this out. is where the Checks second out. only to murder stuff comes from. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so sexual sin is just right under... It's just a smidge better than murder. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. And then we jump to... 1962 and this comes from harold b lee and so in february of 1962 harold b lee visited byu um for two separate devotionals the first one was called sweet are the uses of adversity and then the second one the light of christ was the next day and the church has deleted the second speech the light of christ from all online resources and the archives at byu don't show that he did any of those speeches oh so they buried it yeah cool what did he say that made them do this let's find out perfect um so president lee called the homosexual not the act of homosexuality but the homosexual unpardonable and gave a lengthy anecdote about a woman in love with another woman stating that the ugly practice and unpardonable sin of homosexuality is more common than we realize i mean He's not completely wrong. It, it is, is more common. It is, yeah. I mean, it's like the whole thing where people say, mm, everyone's gay now. Yeah. And but no, it's just that gay people have always been here. We're just sick of your bullshit. Yeah. Like, and <laughs> we just have like the language to talk about it. And, yeah. you know, there are other like-minded people that we, you know, find and know. And like that helps. Having a safe space to come out to mm-hmm. is important. And yeah. luckily... There are more of those now, but not back then. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's that one. Great. Cool, cool, cool. And then we go to 1965, mm-hmm. and this was in general conference from Mark E. Peterson. Fuck that guy, honestly. I know. We've, we've heard a lot of shit from him in this document. And we're document. going to continue to see. Yeah, we will continue to see more, I'm sure. Oh, of course. Um, so this one, he says that homosexuals reject God. And here's what he said. Legislators are being asked to rule that homosexuals and other deviates should be allowed to practice their depravities legally and without restriction. This is one of the great evidences of the apostasy of mankind from the teachings of Christ. To reject or try to change the moral law of God is to reject God. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean... How could a gay person ever love God or want a relationship with God? We're just so wicked. (laughs) Uh, yeah anyway (laughs) i don't really have like a lot of comments for some of these it's just like here it is (laughs) yeah i mean i think that's that's more than fine i think a lot of these things can speak for themselves yeah (laughs) though you know really bad ones will get will get comments from (laughs) us but yeah um, some of them are just like Okay. <laughs> You're like, yep, par for the course. Yes. We are going to do a future episode about this. This is about uh, the electroshock therapy program at BYU. I was actually going to bring up an update about that on okay. at the end of the episode, but we can bring it up now. Okay, go for it. We were lucky enough to interview one of the actual participants from the aversion therapy study that was done at BYU. And... Finally, just like yesterday, uh, he had said that he would send me the dissertation that he tracked down because BYU, yet again, buried that too Mm -hmm. to be like, nothing happened here. That didn't happen. But I do have the dissertation, a copy of it now. 
that I'm going to read through and we're going to delve more into that. Yeah. And for a future episode. Yeah. So, so just, you know, keep a, an eye out for that. Yep. Keep an eye out for that. <laughs> anyway, so I'm just going to read what the document says. Uh, shortly after a May 21st, 1959 meeting at BYU, the president, who was Ernest Wilkinson at the time, Apostles Marky Peterson and Spencer W. Kimball and Dallin H. Oaks, and the executive committee of the Church Board of Education discussed the growing problem in our society of homosexuality. As a result of that meeting, BYU began a program of aversion therapy created to repair or reorient homosexuality among Mormon males. From the beginning of the program, LDS mental health counselors, bishops, stake presidents, mission presidents, general authorities, and the BYU Standards Office, which is today the Honor Code Office. Mm -hmm. They were the key resources in referring men to the program. Yikes. Yeah. So from 1971 to 1980, Dallin H. Oaks was now the president placed Gerald J. Dye as administrator over the University Standards Office, and he testified that during his service over the Standards Office, the set process for homosexual BYU students referred to his office for, quote, less serious offenses, was to require that they undergo some form of therapy to stay at BYU. And in some special cases, this included electroshock and vomiting aversion therapies. An independent BYU newspaper exposed the program and featured the stories of two men who were subjects of the BYU program. Shortly after these men confessed their homosexual feelings to the office, each were referred to the counseling center where the electroshock therapy was administered. So they would use pornographic pictures of males and females and with electrodes on their penises the therapy was administered neither man in this report agreed that the program was successful their experiences match most reports which state that byu's homosexual aversion therapy was ineffective in changing sexual orientation so yeah, yeah we will delve into that more yeah that that deserves its own episode it does so. yeah so one of the 17 men we were able to track down and he was willing to talk to us so we will do that later but yeah. anyway that's a really interesting one because at least Dallin H. Oaks he denies that this happened while he was president <laughs> but it did so this next one comes from Spencer W. Kimball at a BYU devotional in 1964 the church details a conversion therapy plan so they've given all of the things that you need supposedly okay to overcome sexuality. So okay. to be cured of homosexuality, you have to have self-mastery over it. Okay. And then the vehicle through which you will get there is through the church. Mm -hmm. The medication is the gospel. My God. And then the treatment is constructive activity so full of good works that there is no time nor thought for evil. So basically, if you're... Doing good things. Doing enough service. If you just distract yourself so much and just immerse yourself For into your the church. For your entire life. Yeah. Then, just become dedicated to the church 1,000%. Yeah. And you'll be cured. Yeah. So then. No, you won't. Then you're good. The church can't be with you at 3 a.m. when you're alone staring at the ceiling in your bedroom. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know? You're right. You're like, right. That's when, that's when people figure shit out. True. Not. Sitting in the middle of sacrament meeting me like, oh, my God, I'm gay. <laughs> and then the next one, this comes from the same talk that he gave at this devotional. So in 1964, the first presidency in the Quorum of the Twelve 
announced their efforts to secretly facilitate a reparative therapy program hidden from the public view of the church and undisclosed to the local leaders of homosexual men and women in their congregations. Yikes. The program included protocol to spy on suspected gay church members, the employment of a private investigator to root out homosexual Latter-day Saints, and conspiring with local police departments to find cases of homosexuality in Utah. This clandestine church committee also used the personal bishop and stake president interviews to disclose known homosexuals. Jesus. Yeah. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints <laughs> released the details of this program to the seminary and institute teachers at a BYU devotional in 1964 after word spread that the church was using the LDS psychiatrists or family services now to engage conversion and reparative programs. So just using... Like the interviews and like the f- using police departments to find people. That's insane. It is because, and I mean, I've heard so many stories, almost like urban myths, but they're clearly not of members who would be like downtown at like a gay club or a gay bar or something. And, and they would get like noted mm-hmm. of like, that's like a, wi- that's a fucking witch hunt. Yeah. Like, I know. It's crazy. It's like they're feeding you the answers to just like admit that you're gay mm-hmm. and that you need help so that they don't feel bad shoving you in the basement of the Wilk <laughs> or whatever the no, fuck, it, wherever the fuck it was. It was the Smith Family something. Oh, of course it was. What? Let's see. The Smith Family Living Center. Of course it was something related to <laughs> Family <the Smiths>. living. <laughs> yeah, family living. Cool, cool, cool. God. <laughs> The next one is also from Spencer W. Kimball. So just three in a row, just like that. So this one... <laughs> homosexuality is a disease and marriage will cure homosexuality didn't cure mine no so he says we know such a disease homosexuality is curable men have come dejected discouraged embarrassed near terrified and have gone out later full of confidence and faith in themselves with self-respect again the confidence of their families, their home ties strengthened and ready to manfully take their part in society. Manfully. Manfully, yeah. And even in the church on an approved, cured basis. Hmm. So the last three were actually all from the same devotional. Wow, sounds like a party. The next one is from Ernest Wilkinson, who was the president of BYU at the time. This was in 1965. On September 12th, 1962, Apostles Spencer Kimball and Mark Peterson and the president, Ernest Wilkinson, agreed on a university policy that, quote, no one will be admitted as a student to BYU whom we have convincing evidence is a homosexual. Using the diverse platforms of the church, including private personal interviews with bishops and stake presidents, the group of church leaders who supported this idea agreed to share information about individual cases of homosexual members between local leaders, church administration and BYU administration. So this policy was reiterated in 1965 when Wilkinson said... BYU does not intend to admit to our campus any homosexuals. If any of you have this tendency and have not completely abandoned it, may I suggest that you leave the university immediately after this assembly. And if you will be honest enough to let us know the reason, we will voluntarily refund your tuition. We do not want others on this campus to be contaminated by your presence. I know there is a natural tendency not to report on one's friends. That in our diseased society, there has 
grown up the false code that one ought not to rat on his friends. So, and the PDF has the full um, transcript available, and you can also listen to the audio of that one. Why would you want to? Yeah, I mean, I think that small snippets is enough. So I think, I mean, all of it's bad, but what frustrates me the most, I feel like, is... You know, we did that episode not that long ago about what the fuck's going on in Mormondom. Yeah. And, you know, they kept saying the excuse of like, you know, the clergy, you know, loophole, basically. Yeah. That wasn't extended to gay people. Not, you know, people who are sexually abusing their children Mm -hmm. get more protection than just gay people. Yep. Which, you know, is kind of funny because in their mind, gay people are... Like abusers. Are abusers, like sexual predators. <laughs> Groomers, yeah. But that's obviously not the case. But again, it's... You have to genuinely be so fucking stupid <laughs> to assume that it's not just because they're homophobic. You know, it's obvious that men who are sexual abusers are far less likely to have to deal with consequences from the Mm -hmm. church for their actions. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. That just like pissed me off. That was the first thing that came to mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And just the word contaminated is such a strong word, I feel like. I'm surprised that they said that they would refund their tuitions, though. Yeah, I'm surprised by that, too, because I feel like nowadays it's like, get the fuck out. We're keeping your money. Yeah. We need it. it. Because we don't already get 10% of all of our fucking members (laughs) income we need you know this money from you too but i feel like again that's perpetuated the thought process that a lot of people have my own mom included Mm -hmm. where you can catch the gay yeah and you know when i've talked to my mom about being gay she has stated like you know i just that's just not the life for me i'm like do you think i think you should date a woman no like (laughs) i don't I'm not trying to turn you gay. I'm just living my life. I'm just doing normal human things. And I also happen to be marrying a woman. That's literally it. it. And she, I mean, it was like eye-opening to her. If I decided that I wanted to go be a nun and join a convent, that doesn't mean that you also have to do that. Or that I'm trying to tell you to do that. I'm just making decisions for my life Mm -hmm. and what I want. And who I am that have nothing to do with the people around me. So, again, I it's just spreading fake news. Yeah. And speaking of spreading fake news, the next one is um, from The Miracle of Forgiveness. Oh, good. There's two of them from The Miracle of Forgiveness. And since we've done an entire episode yeah. on this one, I'm not going to read the quotes that they said because we've already talked about it. But it's interesting that it just quietly disappeared from full distribution um of course it did and yeah he just he had so many strong opinions about masturbation leading to homosexuality the crime against nature homosexuality being a gateway to bestiality and premarital sex being the sin next to murder so just like really really harmful and horrible ideas that a lot of people took to took, heart yeah, like, for years and they they still do even if it has even if they don't distribute it anymore it doesn't right. matter like the, there's the, there's enough copies i yeah. feel like every fucking mormon household mm-hmm. in at least america has a copy of the miracle of forgiveness still on their shelves yeah so it's like this information's right there yeah exactly so 
it's not that hard to, you know, whip it open and see, oh, huh, interesting. You know, he was a prophet at one point spouting off that if you're gay, eventually you're just going to go into bestiality mm-hmm. and that you, you know, if you masturbate, you're going to turn gay. That's insane. It is insane. Again, you have to be so fucking stupid <laughs> to believe either of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And he even like blames it on the parents too. Like he says, granted that certain conditions make it easier for one to become a pervert. Um, the second article of faith teaches that a man will be punished for his own sins. He can, if normal, rise above the frustrations of childhood and stand on his own feet, two feet. But it's like earthly parents get the blame and like man is made in the image of God. Does the pervert think God to be, quote, that way? I wish we had a gay God. I think we do, honestly. It's a woman. Obviously. A gay woman, clearly. Yeah, it's clearly a gay woman. Anyway. Do you know what? Uh, I just want to throw in a uh, little thought here that has honestly nothing to do with what you're talking about. But okay. <laughs> just hearing you like read these quotes, um, it is almost refreshing to hear. Stay with me here. It's almost refreshing to hear <laughs> them using different words. Even if the words are shit. What do you mean? Like, I feel like in the church lately, I've been just thinking everything we've ever heard is just recycled garbage. Oh, it's yeah. like no original thought. No. And so that's what I can at least respect that <laughs> about these things that yeah. at least the ones you just read. I'm like, OK, I don't feel like I've ever heard anyone say anything like that because usually it's just like mm, Sunday school answers, read your scriptures, pray. Yeah. You know, uh contrite heart and uh right now contrite spirit and a broken heart whatever the fuck yeah whatever then well you know so it's just like they have always just recycled stuff so that had like i said nothing to do with what you were talking about but yeah but i know what you mean yeah yeah i feel like kimball had some he thought himself to be so eloquent oh yeah he did and i swear he just had a dictionary open when he was writing oh, that yeah book. he's like Hmm, what like, word can I switch out? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. And then in 1968, the General Handbook of Instructions was updated to include for the first time in history of the church that homosexual acts were an excommunicable offense. Huh. So if you're gay, you're going to get excommunicated. Thank God. I know. Please. I kind of low-key wish I was excommunicated. Honestly, same. Yeah, I'm like, I would get rebaptized just... Just to get excommunicated. To get excommunicated. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that'd be like fucking badass bitch move, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's a power move. It is. Yeah, I that's just, all I have to... Just fuck that's, them. That's the that on just, that. That's the that's the that on that. Yeah, no, <laughs> but I mean, what was it in 68? That's when they added it. Like, that it hasn't been around longer. I know. So really, when you think about it, it's like whatever leaders of the church at that time that was their belief exactly so it really is like it's not from god no it's from whoever is in charge why would our (laughs) lady mormon god (laughs) why would she talk to men yeah no clearly she wouldn't wouldn't, clearly because they're fucking it up yeah fuck them they don't know what the fuck they're doing no they don't we (laughs) wish that the god this goddess would talk to them (laughs) But it's fine. Yeah. Anyway. We got off track there. But that's okay. The moral of the story is not excited for Oaks to become the president. Or God. The, if he does. 
I mean, he's next in line. <laughs> I know he so, is. So, you know, it's funny also. This is so not related to the PDF that we're reading from, but mm-hmm. isn't it funny that church leadership is determined now by whoever is like next in line? Like mm-hmm. they have like a system. Yeah. For when this prophet dies, mm-hmm. this person in this role yeah. is the next one. But back in the day, yeah. You know, back when it went from Joseph Smith to Brigham Young, it was just like, oh, the what was what was it like? The lion spirit of Joseph is in Brigham Young. Yeah, something is like, like what that. they believed. Yeah. So again, if you want to sit there and believe, I'm in my angry era <laughs> of Xmo right now. So I'm just like so fucking pissed off that this man made up a religion and then. We had to suffer our whole lives up to this point with it. So, yeah. But it is like strange that it's not really like called of God, huh? I know. It's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh, you're, we put you in this role because you're going to be the prophet one day. Mm-hmm. Most likely. Interesting. God. Anyway. Whew, I don't want to think about Oaks. Anyway. Okay. Moving on to 1970 General Conference. So this is from Victor L. Brown. And he says that a normal 12 or 13-year-old boy or girl exposed to pornography literature could develop into a homosexual. You know what? So porn causes homosexuality. He's right because I'm gay now. And I watched porn when I was 14. (laughs) Just kidding. So it's true. (laughs) I did not watch lesbian porn. I watched gay male porn. Yeah, I was going to say, is that when you were watching gay men porn? (laughs) Yeah, it was, because I was so homophobic. I couldn't look at women enjoying themselves. Which is funny, because you still watched gay porn. True. I did. I mean, but... But it's different in your brain. Right. Because it's not you. I just took the woman part out of it. Yeah. And ignored the gay part. I just couldn't look at a woman enjoying themselves, because... Yeah. I mean, I think like the I think I am only very rarely sexually attracted to men. Mm -hmm. Very rarely. Like there's not like a specific man that I'm sexually attracted to, obviously. But like that's the only um, I like I'm obviously sexually and emotionally attracted, romantically attracted to women, Mm -hmm. to Maddie. Um, (laughs) I would have sex with a man and. I wouldn't be like disgusted. I'm not disgusted at the thought of having sex with a man. I it just, would just have to be like the perfect man in the perfect situation, right? I mean, for me to actually enjoy it, sure. Yeah. But I think I enjoy the thought of just like sex, sex in, in general. general. Yeah. So it's more like that. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, see, I would like when I started watching porn, it was just all like all just straight porn. But obviously I was more focused on the woman. Okay, I'm just going to start on the second sentence then. Okay. okay. You can take healthy boys or girls and by exposing them to abnormalities, virtually crystallize and settle their habits for the rest of their lives. Some are even saying, what is wrong with becoming a homosexual? In yeah. W- in one church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in one church, a leader recently performed a marriage between two male homosexuals as a matter of fact some of the world news media made quite a story of it and yet who is responsible for this moral decay the children hardly it is we adults those of us who permit the sale of filth on our newsstands and also broadcasting of it over airways this next one comes from harold b lee again oh actually it's from 
is from a book written by Clyde J. Williams, The Teachings of Harold B. Lee, um, in 1970. The Lord said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And it was so. And I, God, created man in mine own image. In the image of mine, only begotten, created I him. Male and female created I them. That's Moses chapter 2, verse 26 and 27. God, Joseph Smith needs to shut the fuck up. (laughs) I know. Anyway, um, so then it goes on to say, do you need anything else to prove the falsity of any such hellish doctrine as this so-called transsexuality doctrine of some wild dreamer? The Lord created male and female, and he didn't have a woman's soul trapped in a man's body or vice versa. So there's that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's one of if the. If I just say it didn't happen, that just you know proves it. Yep. Oh, you, <laughs> you you know what? You got me. You got me there, Harold. <laughs> I feel like that's one of the. I can't remember from the first episode, but I think I think that's like one of the first trans phobic comments. comments that we've that we've seen. So. Yeah, I I was thinking that too. I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Now we're at least now we're getting more inclusive with the persecution. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, we're back to Spencer W. Campbell in 1971. This is from a pamphlet published by the church called New Horizons for Homosexuals. And at the time, Spencer W. Campbell was acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve. So he says that some begin the ruinous practice of perversion through curiosity and then become entangled in its tentacles. One of Satan's strongest weapons is to make the victim believe the practice incurable, regardless of one's effort. Satan tells his victims that it's a natural way of life, that it's normal, that perverts are a different kind of people born, quote, that way, and they cannot change. This is a base lie. (laughs) (laughs) They love saying, this is a base lie. I know. This is wrong. (laughs) I've heard this. I've heard like that specific phrase, though, so many times. I know. Especially from Spencer. He is always like, this is wrong. (laughs) This is incorrect. He's like, I find it disgusting. Probably because you're gay. (laughs) True. But also, like, who knows? But honestly, okay, whatever. That We could have a whole episode about Spencer being gay. So authorities in the field have proclaimed that homosexuality, like fornication, adultery, robbery, and other detestable sins is curable. I love all the fucking lists. And then, like, robbery? What? I know. I feel like he was just like, I need another one. Yeah, he, you know. Robbery. Let's do it. (laughs) You can be cured of robbery. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they always have to do lists to be like, you know, it shows up here, it shows up here, it shows up here. And um, if you do any of those things, you know. Shame on you. Wow. Yeah, we have a lot of... The next two are also from Spencer W. Kimball. Of course. Um, this is this is from, his, his, like, prime. Yeah. He's in his fucking prime. Yeah. At the, at this 1971. Time. These are all from the pamphlet, New Horizons for Homosexuals. So the next one, the next quote is, So long as you tolerate this, quote, gay world and its degenerate people, you are in a very desperate situation and you are playing with fire, just like a child who might be pounding a bomb with a hammer. Homosexuality can be cured if the battle is well organized and pursued vigorously and continuously. Okay, can we go back to the child hitting a bomb with a hammer? Yeah. What the fuck? Even allies are degenerate, as he says. (laughs) <laughs> well, cause, like, it's just, I don't know. They just choose really, really specific and weird imagery for I this know. kind of stuff. It's so weird. It's so weird. Okay. Hopefully this is the last quote from this pamphlet. 
When you reach the point where you justify yourself, sear over your conscience, pretend it is not sin, admit that you are, quote, licked, and that you cannot overcome it. That is the sad day. What the fuck? <laughs> when one so far... Oh, do si- they mean, like, licked, like, whipped? What do you... Like, I'm going to give you a licking? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not done yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were. Sorry. No. I was just saying, what the fuck? That sentence was weird. Yeah. Okay. When one so far succumbs that he says, this is the way I wish to live. Here I find my satisfactions. I commit no immorality. I will not change. Then the tragic moment has come. (laughs) When one says, I am different. God made me this way. My parents are to blame. My upbringing was responsible. Certainly he has arrived at a pitiable place. God made no man a pervert. To blame a weakness and transgression upon God is cowardly. So homosexuals are not godly. <laughs> I'm 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 speechless. Same. I it was so funny the first list of like um I'm not gonna change or whatever that you said. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hell yeah, that's how I feel about being gay. And then I realized you were it was describing a gay person saying those things. I thought it yeah. was him saying, like, I'm not gonna change. And I was like, Yeah, that's how I feel about being gay. Oh no. No, I know. I picked up on that. But <laughs> that was my initial reaction. Yeah. I was like, yeah. But then that was, we're not going to change. Yeah. April General Conference, 1971. This is from Victor L. Brown Sr. I think that's the same guys before that we just talked about. The Lord defined some very basic differences between men and women. He gave the male what we call masculine traits and the female feminine traits. Wow. Um, cool. This is n- brand it's new news information. To me. Yeah, wow. Thank <laughs> you so much. He did not intend either of the sexes to adopt the other's traits, but rather that men should look and act like men and that women should look and act like women. Oh, okay. Yeah, great. <laughs> when these differences are ignored, an unwholesome relationship develops, which, if not checked, can lead to the reprehensible, tragic sin of homosexuality. In other words, we have a responsibility as priesthood bearers to be examples of true manhood. Ugh. The word manhood I wants me to hate that throw word. up. I hate I it. I hate it. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> okay, the next one is from... A BYU psychology professor, I believe. And this quote comes from a 1973 edition of The New Era. The talk or the article, whatever, was called Toward a Theory of Human Agency. Does it say who the professor was? Dr. Alan E. Burgeon. So Alan says, some homosexuals, for example, seem to be compulsively driven to frequent and sometimes bizarre acts that they say occur without the mediation of conscious intent. The act once repeated, the motivation behind it can become so powerful that one is literally in bondage to the demands of biological impulses and related stimuli. So basically you're born the way you're born and you can't change it no matter what you think you can. Like that your body's just going to naturally react. Yeah, it's like a compulsive (laughs) act and whatever. But I don't know what he means by bizarre acts, but apparently homosexuality leads to bizarre acts. Okay. (laughs) So they see the, the thing is they don't have a leg to stand on. So they make it so confusing that you like kind of just have to paraphrase. 
yeah. what they're saying. And I feel like that's where a lot of these like talks ended up was people were like, oh, yeah, he, you know, watered it down to that. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I, I know. Don't. It's um weird. Okay. The next one is from a 1974 Enzyme magazine. <laughs> From Dr. Lindsay M. Curtis, M.D. And the article was called, Why Does the Church Oppose Homosexuality? Why is it wrong? I hate when they get actual, like, licensed clinicians. I know. To back up their bullshit. I know. (sighs) It's fine. Okay, so they say, Homosexuals and lesbians seldom are happy people. Incorrect. Yeah, wrong. Theirs is a relationship that is unnatural, one not bound by fidelity, trust, or loyalty, and one totally lacking in the meaningful family relationships that marriage offers. There is harm in homosexuality. Many homosexuals seek to introduce others into their practice, often those in their tender, impressionable years. Ew, so that were groomers? Yeah, basically. Also, their practice? God, I hate that. Also, the part where he says that apparently there's, what, no love, respect, loyalty, trust, whatever. Yeah. That we just fuck around all the time and are groomers. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, basically. So, cool. <laughs> uh, anyway, this one comes from none other than Spencer W. Kimball. In October General Conference, 1974, in his talk called God Will Not Be Mocked. Some people are ignorant or vicious and apparently attempting to destroy the concept of masculinity and femininity. More and more girls dress, groom, and act like men. More and more men dress, groom, and act like women. The high purposes of life are damaged and destroyed by the growing unisex theory. God made man in his own image. Male and female made he them. With relatively few accidents of nature, we are born male or female. The Lord knew best. Certainly, men and women who would change their sex status will answer to their maker. We hope this is another trumpet call. President J. Reuben Clark Jr. said, Our very civilization itself is based upon chastity, the sanctity of marriage, and the holiness of the home. Since when? (sighs) I don't know. Destroy these and Christian man becomes a brute. So you're going to answer to God if you are transgender. Yep, I guess so. I've never heard of the term unisex theory, but I almost wonder. I almost wonder if they mean intersex. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he does say relatively few accidents of nature. Yeah. So maybe that <laughs> I don't is know. what intersex, the term inter- intersex used to unisex. be called. Yeah. I'm po- I just wonder. But. Yeah. Maybe. Next one. This is from Dr. Robert D. Card, an MD. So he was one of the key therapists behind the electroshock and vomit conversion therapy program at BYU. And this was, we've talked about it, intended to rid men of homosexual thoughts and tendencies with the end goal of converting their sexuality from gay to straight. And he published this in the Association of Mormon Counselors and Psychotherapists Annual Journal. In 1975. So it was called Counseling the Homosexual in a Private Practice Setting. So cards just... I almost wonder, I think that white cat, Ben, from Mm. those episodes, um, I think that 
he referenced oh, was this. I think it, I think it was. Oh. Remember, because it was like how a counselor talks to a yeah. gay person or whatever. Yeah, maybe it was. I'm not sure. Okay. There's keep so going. many Sorry. things I can't keep track of. I like, know it's hard. Of everything sometimes, but. So anyway, Card's definition of male homosexuality was a, quote, conditioned avoidance of an adult female in a domestic setting. So according to Card, (laughs) lesbianism is caused when the husband or father has been covertly seductive, buying the girl slinky dresses and all sorts of things. At the same time, the girl cannot relate to the mother. As to curing homosexuality, he said that I'm afraid that the measure of success I'm looking for is heterosexual marriage. Okay. My brain can't comprehend the second part where apparently if you're a lesbian, it's because your dad bought you slinky, skanky dresses. Yeah. And then at the same time, you can't relate to your mom. Because so she's you ugly. I don't know. That's like you the, have mommy issues. I you, don't know. Yeah. Like you don't. Like, women are exciting to you because you don't know anything about them. I don't know. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I mean, this is all dumb. So it, That's true. And it makes no sense. It's true. Yeah, because even if you are in a heterosexual marriage, but you're gay, like, I don't think that's success because that's impossible. Anyway. <laughs> God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> Back to Spencer W. Kimball. Yep. And this was in a church educational system training in 1975. Okay. And it should be noted before we read it that the online version of this message has been altered by the church. So pages eight and nine have been taken out from the online publication of this message. I wonder why. I wonder why. Let's find out. So he said, actually, this is not a quote. I think this is just kind of explaining what he talked about. So. Oh, okay. In an effort to stress the importance of promoting gender roles and the duties of a man, Apostles and the Church's president, Spencer W. Kimball, spent over a decade instructing members about the specific roles of men and women in society. Homosexuality was of grave concern for Latter-day Saint leaders. Their official messaging included the idea that development of homosexuality was a result of multiple possible factors, including disturbed family backgrounds, poor relationships with peers, a domineering mother, a passive father, feminism, (laughs) masturbation, Uh (laughs) lack of family support, depression, and proselyting, which the interaction with a gay person or talking about being gay is their Their definition definition of proselyting in this context. To help reinforce the gender roles within the church, Spencer W. Kimball delivered a message to CES educators in the assembly hall at Temple Square. The talk was later published, and it set forth the manly roles consistent with masculinity. It advised that marriage and faithfulness to a spouse is the answer to difficult life problems, and it set forth the path expected of all men in the church. So, masculinity being a true man or whatever do you know when the proclamation of the world was written oh gosh i can't remember after this i i I think think it was was in the 90s yeah that's what i was thinking too so gay people basically inspired the proclamation to the family probably yeah i mean okay i guess that's obvious but the fact that they always have to sit there and say this is what men do and this is what women do because gay people are bad yeah, yeah. So the the family proclamation to the world was issued in 1995, and right now we're in 1975. But I think all of this is like is leading up to that 
because that is a huge argument that people use all the time because the family proclamation says that marriage is between a man and woman. Yeah. So. And well, and it's just I, I always love when people blame it on their upbringing or, you know, if they were poor, they're going to be they're more likely to be gay if they didn't have family support. Yeah. So they're going to become gay and get even less family support. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just ridiculous. <sighs> yeah. I think that they actually do have some quotes from this. And I think it was turned into like a little pamphlet. But so this is what the men of example pamphlet says Ew. based on this talk or something. Um, anyway, it's unclear. But it says... I want our youth to choose well their companions when they make their friends, and even more when they begin their courting, partly because they see in their loved teacher or director all the qualities making up the ideal. Ew. They should see an intelligent and well-adjusted wife and mother fully supporting her husband and doing her part to build the near-perfect husband-wife relationship. Mm -mm. No. I hope that these youth will see their instructors contributing wisely to community life as dignified, happy citizens and to church life as devout, dependable, and effective leaders. I hope they love you. For those whom we love, we serve. How do I find the right wife? I am frequently asked in groups of missionaries who are beginning to think in that direction. My answer always is, find one like my wife and then you will be all right. I hope you feel that way too about your wife. <laughs> Jesus. I feel like he had to say, maybe he had like a bet. Someone gave him a bet and said, let's see how many times you can say the word wife in this. <laughs> yeah, he said that in this thousand talk. times. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to do one more. Okay. And then we will continue this in a saga. Because <laughs> it's, I think it's really interesting to see how things have changed oh, and no, stayed the same yeah over the years um to see and, like what was influenced by things yeah previously exactly and it's crazy because we're only in 1975 and we're on page 26 there's 97 pages jesus yeah so th i i think it's really interesting especially now that they've added some updates as well yeah, I'm, just things that have happened like in the last couple years yeah I so think that'll be really interesting too. i'm excited to Let's get see. there but it'll be a while so stay tuned i guess you guys will just have to keep listening to our podcast damn it damn it Rats. <laughs> um <laughs> so this one again comes from victor l brown jr so there are two of them there is a junior and a senior cool Great. and both of them were homophobic. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Okay, so he was a BYU professor in 1975. He was in the Enzyme, and the talk was called Two Views of Sexuality. So he said that children learn how to love in a stable, healthy family. Parents need to know that lack of proper affection in the home can result in unnatural behavior in their children, such as homosexuality. So lack of love leads to homosexuality. <laughs> huh. Cool. That checks out. No, just kidding. Yeah, no. I mean, I think definitely have to blame it on the parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't love your kid hard enough and now they're gay. Yeah. Just kidding. Anyway, anyway, that was the last one for today. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Maddie, for <laughs> doing part two of this document. Yeah. Again, we are referencing this document from latter gay stories make sure to check out it's called on the record okay it's called on the record make sure to check out their podcasts and resources and things that they have posted as well i'm gonna do the manifestation yep i'm gonna do the manifestation this week all right i manifest that everyone 
uses critical thinking skills for themselves and not be influenced by other people just because they're in a quote position of power. Nice. So it's a good one. Basically, listen to what you think and how you feel and your experience and don't just blindly follow people that say otherwise. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, this was, again, part <laughs> two of everything the LDS Church has ever said about gay people. Cool, cool, cool. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at FHE Podcast. Like, subscribe, rate, etc. Message us on Instagram, whatever you want. <laughs> if we, you want to be a guest, let yeah, us know. If you have like a topic you really want us to touch on. We uh, just yesterday went to this long-standing anti-Mormon bookstore in downtown Salt Lake, which we had never heard of. We'd heard of the owners, but not of this actual physical brick and mortar building. Yeah. It's called the Utah Lighthouse Ministry. They are unfortunately shutting down soon in February. Yeah. Next month. Because they're retiring. Which fine. I guess that's okay. Yeah. But, but yeah, if you have the chance to go, would recommend. Would recommend. It's really fascinating. And especially if you are getting more into like learning the inaccuracies and the, in the Book of Mormon. Yeah, and, and like the beginning like of Joseph how Smith. the church came around. And <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, if, so, if you live in Utah or if you want to drive, I guess. But. Yeah. <laughs> but we got some really interesting looking sources of information from them. Mm-hmm. So we will be using those in future episodes, but hit us up. Let us know uh, if you have a topic. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, that's it, folks. That's it for this episode. <laughs> See you next Happy episode. New Year. Happy New Year. Yay. Be gay. Do gay. Yeah. Also, speaking of New Year, this is the first year where I won't be an official member of the church. Hell yeah. My records are removed. So, yay. Excited about that. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. See you next episode.